1: The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning
2: Show.
3: Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmitz. Y'all do not even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranek.
0: Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me.
1: Welcome to it. Weekend Editions here. It's Hail Bar City Radio. It's a road show tailgate Saturday morning. We are at the bar, the bar 16th and P. Allie's already fired up, man. She has got the, uh, she's ready to tear down a goalpost. post. It is Nebraska, Oklahoma. Great to have you in. A uh, special edition here from the bar. We love Seth and Greg having us out. And I tell you what, Jake and Joe behind the bar, they are, they've been lifting all week to get those, Those taps poured down, and uh, things rock and roll here about 8 this morning, so get your red beers, get your bloodies, get your... uh, Hey, what specials we got going this morning? We're live here, Mr. Seth. Uh, What's our specials? specials? Everything special is the word right here. All right, it is uh, Nebraska, Oklahoma. Here is what's on the docket. We are going to get a hold of Mark Cranach. We're streaming live, so you can watch us. Uh, should you choose ESPN Lincoln Facebook, ESPN Lincoln Twitter, Hail Varsity Radio Twitter, h at H Varsity Radio Twitter, and I'm wearing orange uh, despite Sharpie and and Krainak and <laughs> and everyone making fun of my uh, my half price golf shirt. It's in honor of what this game always stood for, the Orange Bowl. The winner between Nebraska and Oklahoma went to the Orange Bowl. So you got to rock a little uh, Miami Orange this morning as uh, we are here at the bar, 16th and P. Come see us. Excited to be here. We'll be here after the ball game for Real Red Reaction. Uh, right after Nebraska, Oklahoma. Coming up at 8 o'clock, Brandon Vogel will be with us from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Our conversation with Sooner legend and proud dad of Casey Thompson, Charles Thompson, around 8.30. Uh, That is uh, what's going to happen in the 8 o'clock hour. And then the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp, will be on site uh, this morning at nine, here at the bar, Sixteenth and P. We welcome in Mark Cranack, Elijah Herbal. fellas. What would it be with about without a little bit of inclement weather uh, for Nebraska, Oklahoma? Some thunderstorms, some lightning. I'm not sweet enough to melt, so it doesn't bother me. But uh, it, it is uh, you. Know, cue up an old-fashioned, and let's go a little Don Draper here. Nostalgia, the word, and and Mark and Elijah. It's been. One hell of a weird week, <laughs> starting off with, with what Sunday brought, and uh, what we have uh, in front of us. It's the Mickey Joseph era, as, as we like to say, as set this year. Big Mick Energy. How are you? Good. how are you, sir? Good. Pop that on if you want. No, I'm not talk. You're not gonna talk. <laughs> He's just gonna listen. Craynak, good to see you. You got your hat backwards. You're ready to work. Elijah, you just slept in the studio. It's okay. Good to see everyone this morning
3: good to be with you as well and it's good to I be think with, you're uh, muted mark uh, what
2: i want to hear about
0: no and- nah, i said the board screwed up we're good mark we're good, we're good okay
3: mark. yeah yeah oh you missed it i said the most I, just, I said the smartest thing that's been said all morning um well it's gone
1: <laughs> now gone <laughs> What happened in Ireland stays in Ireland. (laughs) Very fair. Very fair. So it's Oklahoma, Nebraska, Cranach. Uh, You got a smile on your face. I know my dad and Dino are looking down, and and they're smiling as well. They're probably still wagering on Oklahoma today.
3: It's it's a fun day. You know, and I'm I'm glad that we moved on pretty quickly, right? I don't think today would have quite the same energy, fun, vibe if Frost was still around, let's be honest. Like, the vibe around this place was, you know, it started to get pretty sad. It felt very much like a Riley 17, a Callahan 07. Mm -hmm. It felt like that after Saturday's game. And so you can say whatever you want about the timing of it and the 7.5 million or whatever, Mm -hmm. but I get the sense that people are turning the page pretty quick, right? (laughs) I mean, there's not a whole – I've not heard a whole lot of like, wait a second – what are we doing? This is going to set the program back. Like, Correct. Nobody's saying that. Literally nobody is nobody saying that this is going to set the program back. Very there's excitement. There's energy. Seven
1: and a half million. No. There's excitement. There's energy. It, there's a touch of sadness, too, because it didn't work out. But you can't sure. wallow or dwell. You, you move forward to your point, and you look at Nebraska with uh, the opportunity they have and and the opportunity is to, to get better today elijah to, to move forward and see if they can dare i say what was uttered by barry switzer back in 1987 shocked the world right why not why not nebraska today well, it, well it, we can it's, we can lay out why not but you can have that that thought coming in
0: but you said the aspect of moving forward as a program and that's kind of it but it's moving in a completely different direction that's what the, uh, the interim head coach letting go of Scott Frost. It, it allows you as a program to start moving in a different direction. I think that's where there's hope around Husker Nation today because you understand uh, whenever it, it hasn't been a talent issue over the past couple of years. You, you can look at the, the talent of the defense this year and say, well, this, that, that's a talent issue, but I still don't even think it's a talent issue. What, what it's been over the past couple of years has been an issue with something in the culture that Scott Frost laid out at Nebraska and now – you move into the Mickey Joseph area and you get the chance as a program from team, coaching staff, athletic director, everyone to start moving in a different direction. And that's where the hope lies today And that whenever you start moving in a different direction, if you can kick it off on the right
1: foot, uh, just the potential for Nebraska. And we've lost Mark Cranach here this morning uh Cranex pouring something uh probably coffee it, is <laughs> it's what i'm thinking is uh, is absolutely what I'm thinking uh numbers to get in this morning if you're in route can join us here on hail bar city weekend edition from the bar uh four six six three seven seven six four six six three seven seven six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five as you have uh, a, a live road show. You're, you're back. where you? Was the pop upset, or were you pouring a little? I didn't appreciate pick me what Elijah was talking about.
3: <laughs> I didn't appreciate what Elijah was talking about, and I just had to object. You know, <laughs> and I, think, I hope. I, I hope it's clear now. Uh, why? I'm just kidding. Uh, look, how, how about this too? Since you've seen Mickey Joseph, okay, when was first named interim coach, and you're asked, what are his chances of being named the head coach? At that time, I was like ah, 4%, maybe 5 mm-hmm. After seeing his press conference, I'm like 20 Okay. Right? Like trending up, right? Like you got to see what he does during the games. But the way he acquits himself, the things he talks about, the things he's actually doing. Like how about this one? If you know nothing else about tackle football, this one is the one that really got me. You better yeah. tackle. <laughs> yeah. That's
1: ideal.
3: Imagine that, right? Like, I'm like, if, if you knew nothing about football and you listened to this, you, you would have to be sitting there being like, hold on. So they didn't, like,
1: tackle? They
3: didn't, they didn't <laughs> practice
1: that? What? The, the, Why did they have 29 missed tackles through the first two games? Like, what the hell? Yeah. But it's like. It's the equivalent of being like, yeah,
3: we're going to have basketball practice, but no shooting. We don't want anybody's wrists <laughs> to get hurt. You know, Shaq. Yeah, baseball, Shaq. like, but we're not going to, we're They'll not going to throw. We're not going <laughs> to throw in this next baseball practice, guys, because, you know, the shoulders, we can't, you know, we can't have any injuries. I'm just, like, you know, and, and so, somehow we have all been fed also and have sort of bought into the idea that, no, no, no. You don't need to tackle to the ground and practice. You don't need to practice tackling. Like, no, that's not what anybody does. The NFL doesn't do that. Nobody does that. Like, yeah, the NFL doesn't do it because these fools are paid like, $100 $100 trillion to so go ahead and make that tackle.
1: <laughs> right? First, word, like, first they round, seventh round, incentive. lose lose their job. They lose their 1-53 yeah. if they can't go in and go do the job. And it's, it's funny. Uh, it's a different era. I think we'll agree with that, that sure. from a contact standpoint, you aren't allowed to have as much contact. That said, Alabama's found a way to be good at tackling. Georgia's found a way to be good at tackling. Uh, for the most part, uh you, you you look at your core 4 or 5 programs clemson right they they either recruit better tacklers out of high school or they're uh, really good at finding a way to 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 make it happen during turning during training camp but no there's this nfl model that's existed in the college level of uh, reps and practice and just first team and that's who's getting the reps and it, it it doesn't um, it doesn't help develop, right? How long have we bitched and moaned about the lines of scrimmage being off and on? It's not been a complimentary offensive and defensive line for for years, and one side of the ball's going to build up because they're experienced, i.e., last year's super seniors. I mean, really solid, stout defense against the run, and that back end was pretty salty. Well, you hey, we talked that about that quite a bit ball. on
3: this show, though.
1: We no, talked about but that I'm, quite a bit on this show, leading into. I know we have, yeah, but I'm saying overall, right. it's got to start matching up to be in the conversation at least in the West. That's completely wide open this year, right? And 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 beyond. And Mickey gets that. Mickey gets that. Mickey understands it. And uh, you know, day one, Tuesday, it's let's have a scrimmage, fellas. And that's what he did, and that's how Nebraska's going to move forward. If nothing else, they'll be a better tackling team because of practice. If nothing else, they'll be a more physical team because of practice. And that physical toughness can also transition into mental toughness. And, again, mental and physical issues are all part of the equation with one-score losses. Well,
0: Mark, but before you jump in here, I just want to say, Schmitty, this kind of brings me back to, to our point Made earlier in this week. I think it was Wednesday. We talk about Monday's kind of that depressed day where you think you're never going to win a game again And then you get to Wednesday and you're you're starting you to talk buy in a little bit Friday <laughs> yeah. You're like wow, Nebraska actually win this game and now I wake up we're on Saturday morning and I go Man with all this coach. I'll uh, talk of Mickey Joseph and uh, a new interim head coach and the program moving in a different direction I've kind of forgotten how bad the lines of scrimmage have looked over the past couple weeks and just, like, how bad at tackling this team has been, and just how not good at football this team has been. I'm kind of back to the point of, like, man, why have I been buying into the hype over the past couple of days? It's like, how is one week going to change all these things? And Mark, I want to get you to take, because you haven't been on the show. Because it's two.
1: new.
3: Yeah, <laughs> how bad at football there. So, here's the thing, though. Even going back to last year, which I think you have to throw out just because of the... Like, I, I don't, we can't talk about it anymore in terms of the close losses or whatever, because such a different team the the defense was so much more experienced they were all like 80th year guys they're you know they all all grandparents like those Mini guys bands, what was going yeah. on yeah, yeah. so you throw that out but yet and still for all the hand-wringing barely lost to northwestern i mean really like points wise not that far behind barely lost to georgia southern in fact if nebraska had decided not to throw to the goal line by the way, we could spend an entire show on that <laughs> live alone. You get the ball on the two with about nine minutes left against a team that hasn't stopped you at all on the ground. At all. Don't throw it once. I mean, like, at all. Do not Do not throw the ball once. The clock is your friend. Milk that thing. Oh, what, cheese whatever. Cheese. But that one was close, right? You know, for as frustrating as it was, Nebraska's not getting shelled they're not getting blown out they're getting they're getting they're giving up a lot of yards on the ground obviously they're giving up a lot of yards in the air obviously but they're they're right there they have been right there for like over a year they are right there so is it mickey making the decision for instance if they were in that exact situation just being like hey whip don't throw it at all we are not stopping the clock. We are keeping it on the ground the whole time. We're going to chew the whole thing up until there's less than a minute left. Didn't, didn't we all think that last week? I mean, come on. Didn't we all think like, oh, God, you left them too much time?
4: So take the unders.
1: Did, didn't you guys think that last week? <laughs> take the unders. <laughs> At the end? I, I, I was in a mad sprint for, for post game, so I had YouTube TV going, watching and walking on the on the final drive. And then, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a part of me that I think on a couple of – Third and mediums on that death march, right? They they did throw it. I'm not opposed to throwing it, but there just needed to be a little bit better milkage You're to your throw point. from the thirty-five Here, here's the other... to the goal line, though. No, With three I mean, and a half minutes left. No, that's that's yeah. You don't need to take a shot. You can keep grinding. The other part no, of it, right. the other part of it is this. How about you get a freaking defense that stops somebody, mm. right? I mean, how many third and tens did you? Uh, spill a drink over last week i mean it, it that that's it that's i mean okay <laughs> you scored <laughs> you took the lead shame on you <laughs> all right mm-hmm. and make a stop make a sack get a t- make get, catch the football if you have a chance to get a pick and end the game right I'll i'll be
3: interested uh, it'll be good to talk to gary when are we talking to gary later 9ish about 9 uh, I'll be interested, his his radio partner, Damon, he talks to Mickey regularly because Mickey's recruiting his son, hmm? let alone whatever relationship they'd had before, right? So gets a lot of insight from him, and he's dropping some hints. I just want to see if Gary agrees here. We could be looking at a schematic change for Nebraska today. It could be. It'd be ballsy. That'd be a ballsy move by. Five, by the, the 5 2? The 5 2? No, one gap versus two. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they, they've been two gap.
1: You better have two if Mickey's... you're
3: going to run a two gap. Well, M- Mickey's been talking about gap integrity and he's been talking mm-hmm. about playing fast, right? Yeah. Defensively. He said that, like, regularly. And when you look at how nebraska got gashed last week that was that was because of formation and assignments i mean you had safeties responsible for a and b gaps dude like 12 yards away you know so tackling is one thing but it's another thing to like just not have enough numbers in the box to be able to stop and, and not get gashed like they were getting gashed but who knows if they if, if Mickey truly wants to play a faster, more attacking style, that style would be one gap, right? That's what it is. So so instead of reading and playing off of whichever way the lineman is dictating and then filling based on that at the second and the third levels, you would one gap and you would literally just attack a specific gap. That's a different style that you <laughs> You could get creased there also, just like you can get mm-hmm. creased anywhere. Like both defenses can work. But the way Nebraska is here. well and Mickey seems to have a fundamental disagreement with how things have been played on that side of the ball. Doesn't he? Didn't you get that sense from his words that he's just like there, there, there's fundamentally a, there's, a, there's,
1: a, there's a lot not of fixing there. There. there's a lot of fixing Mickey if it were up to him? Would have it is now. Institute it is, but he would have instituted just from let's let's go back to recruiting. <laughs> I mean, more and more things are coming out of the woodwork, recruiting wise, practice wise, all those types of day to day things with the football program, and I mean, there's there's a there's a doggedness, a relentlessness, the grind that Trev talked about and wants that he has that Mickey is going to bring to the day-to-day. To your point about schematic, as Allie's with us, she says hello. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's new. It's different, and it could be good. But, again, it's a week. It's a week to... Figure it out. It's a week to uh, institute it and then get better from it if you're going to make changes. What's it going to look like today?
0: Well, and, and, I don't know. Y- you mentioned the fact that you only have a week to get things changed around. That's why I wonder if it's going to be less of a true schematic shift from the two-gap to one-gap. To I mean, if you go back and watch the film against Kent State— Oklahoma really struggled all first half because Kent State was just coming out and doing some weird stuff defensively. They're playing a 3-3 <laughs> stack defensively. Give me which the you bear know, defense. See very often they're, they're coming out bringing yeah. blitzes from exotic places. And it really gave Oklahoma some fits in the first half last week. If you go back and watch that game, Oklahoma looked out of sorts offensively in the first half. and They were down to Kent State in the first half. They, they came back and had a huge third quarter uh, and ended up winning that game by a lot. But uh, I just wonder if Nebraska does some weird things defensively, It comes uh, aggressively with some weird blitzes. Uh, they, they show some things that they haven't shown on film all season long, just try to confuse this Oklahoma team, because that's what Kent State did last week, and it kept them in that game for the entire first half. Whenever you can look at those two teams and you can go, Oklahoma is far more talented than Kent State. Kent State sure. came out and schematically did some weird things, confused Oklahoma, and it kept them in that game for 30 minutes. I-, I wonder if Nebraska does some things like that because that's easier to institute in just one week's time.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I, I don't think it'll be the same, though. I no. think we will see different things, whether it's personnel, whether it's style, whether it's, like you're saying, maybe get a little more exotic. I just don't see it staying the same, even though it's only been a week.
1: Elijah, what time we got to get out of here, bud?
3: Uh, we got to be out in about 60 seconds.
1: Okay. Uh, we'll be out in 60 seconds. Uh, we are live here at the bar, 16th and P, Hail Varsity Weekend Edition Roadshow, as uh, we're here till. Uh, 9:30. We'll be back for Real Red reaction following here at the bar, Nebraska, Oklahoma. Charles Thompson coming up. Gary Sharp on the way. Brandon Vogel. Uh, we'll have little drop-ins from our chat with Barry Switzer throughout the day, uh, from Wednesday as well as uh, Hale Varsity continues on. You can send emails, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Dial us up. Give us a prediction as well. Four six six three seven seven six. Pretty quickly. Have you had your first slinky of the day just yet? Tell me th- about <laughs> this. This uh, Allie is on with us. Give me the word on the slinky real quick. You want a slinky? I mean, tell me what's what's in it. There is, it's called Rip It. Okay. It's a purple Rip It. Hold on one moment for me. There we go. Thank you. Uh, um, rip It good.
2: Raspberry Smirnoff.
1: Okay.
5: And sour. Yeah, it's
2: delicious.
1: It's wonderful. I guess it's, it's wonderful. the breakfast of champions. Yes. Come to the bar, get a slinky. slinky. A lot of sugar. <laughs> a lot of sugar, a lot of feel-good juice too. Grayneck's <laughs> like, damn, I'm My coming game. to Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> How to Lincoln. Fast Who's, can you who's, be here? who's, who's <laughs> the uh, sleeky champion? Champion of the bar? What? Who's the sleeky slinky champion of the, the bar? Name
3: Tony Hill.
5: Tony Hill. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Bones. Yeah. yeah. He made it up. Okay.
3: And if, Here's the uh, thing, though. Be careful because you could end up tumbling down the stairs. Right, I'd you can like, tumble down the <laughs> stairs for the <laughs> slinky. <laughs> okay. Be careful.
1: We can do a picture of a slinky. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, Uncle, uh, Uncle Donkey's on his way. We're going to buy Uncle Donkey a, a slinky. That'll be good. Uncle Andy's on his way, too. Uh, quick timeout back with uh, the, well, as we continue on here, the weekend edition at the bar. Come get a slinky, get a red beer, get a bush light, uh, get your game face on for Nebraska. Oklahoma here with Hail Bar City Radio. Each
0: year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the home agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit TeamJackFoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure.
3: with Hale Varsity Radio with
1: Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Weekend Edition Roadshow here at the bar. 16th and P, you're invited out. A red beer, a bush light. How about a slinky is uh, what the uh, good folks at the bar are, are, are known for as well. Dave from Cozad is uh, bellied up to the bar and uh, Dave has missed uh, four games since 1972. Wow. Rabid slacker. Husker fan, <laughs> Krayback with the slacker tag. We welcome in managing editor with HaleVarsity.com and magazine from his football office. Brandon Vogel joins us at Brandon L. Vogel. Get his book Dream Like a Champion with John Cook, and uh, what a what an issue that has been put out by Hale Varsity, uh, recounting the past week, and it's been an intense week and the, uh, the, the exclamation point who it is, number six, Oklahoma, coming to town. Vogues, good to spend time. Thanks for uh, rising up with us. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. How are you guys doing?
1: We're all right, man. Uh, Crane acts in his home studio. Elijah's chained to the studio back uh, on Cornhusker, and we're down here at the bar, The bar, 16th and P, and uh, it's just uh, a lot of red in here, and. Folks are full of hope, Vogues. Uh, what's your hope meter like if we could equate it to the Sean Dunstan, the Shano meter uh, back in the day down the uh, the, the first baseline at Wrigley? Uh, where are we at here? What's the average at right now? Usually old Dunstan was at uh, 279.
2: Yeah, I think we're at about probably a 268, which uh, is <laughs> uh, – <laughs> If this week hadn't unfolded like it had, uh, we might have been we might have been struggling to hit the Mendoza line in in this one on the the old Shano meter. Uh So I think Nebraska has a chance. You know, I mean, I think everybody kind of instantly thought this. Uh, it has a chance to just go out and play now, um, which hasn't been the case for quite a while. And we'll we'll see what happens. You know, this Oklahoma team. Beat UTEP, beat Kent State by pretty large margins, but you know, I, I I don't feel like I have a great grasp on the Sooners yet. Nebraska, which has played an extra game, um, I think the book on the Huskers so far is pretty clear. The the offense might be really good, the defense might struggle to stop just about anybody. So what can you do with that? Um, it, it's a tough. Tough matchup against a Brent Venables defense. Um, Oklahoma is definitely going to have the edge there. Nebraska might have the edge offensively. So let's get weird.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Brandon Vogel is with us <laughs> on Hail Varsity Radio, and <clears throat> Brandon, we've had a, you know, it's it's been what six days since the announcement. It feels like a long time ago. H- have you been surprised at all, or is this kind of? Uh, is this part for the course that Nebraska fans at large appear to have just flat out accepted the decision and moved on really really quickly
2: yeah uh, not totally surprised i i think with the with it coming early you know it, it really felt like kind of a final blow that that loss to georgia southern the fact that it was yet another uh, close loss for Nebraska. I mean, I probably held out uh, as long as anyone, and I would do the same if it were Kansas State or UConn or whoever. Of like, you know, these things eventually flip, unless there happens to be just uh, a kind of a a mysterious kill switch there that says no, it's, it's they they they're not flipping for a reason. Sorry, Mark, you had a point. Go ahead.
3: Oh no, sorry,
2: I
0: was lit. I was.
1: He's
2: letting,
0: informing uh, me that he had one more, so I wasn't going to jump in. And we were going to sound like
3: idiots, you know. Gotcha. It's, this whole, it's this whole private language. We, we need to do
1: out. like some sort of third base signal, like tug on your yeah. ear or go like need this indicator. across your chest if you got one more. Yeah. And for I'll folks make, listening
3: make... on the radio, we're on this quad box on video, and that's how we're communicating like that. <laughs> I'll make some sideline cards for next week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Can you do that? Really? Well, it's a bye week. Um, Just maybe hold up I mean, a box of cereal or something. I mean, yeah, this is I need four brand. different Chili Pepper cover albums, please. Go now. <laughs> look, hey, and let, look. Let's um, let's
3: set aside all the things that are coming out lately about you know frost never attended a meeting frost never showed up to practice he may might not have even even worn pants on the way to practice like you know it's it's kind of frost was golfing yeah it's gotten a little (laughs) out of hand right look i'm I'm sure there's some truth to it maybe he was not a pumped guy maybe he missed whatever um but i think you, you take that stuff aside do you think it's if you were to pick one thing do you think it's maybe game management like just that alone being the head coach and saying for instance against georgia southern last uh last weekend like you get the ball with nine minutes left you're on the two they haven't stopped you on the ground at all all night period they just haven't like wouldn't you think that a, a good game manager head coach would be like, we are keeping it on the ground until they stop us. Cause they literally didn't all night. You go back and look at that drive chart. And it's like, why the hell did you throw at all and not milk as much clock as possible to not leave them? Like if you were to pick a couple things, would you put game management in that top two to three reasons of why Scott Frost is no longer here?
2: Yeah, I think so. And I think, um, I think it folds into a couple other uh, trends uh, that that go along with that. I don't know that Nebraska always had its best foot forward on the game management side of it, because through this entire span, you know, we, we hear about... Um, lately, Frost was talking about how he's learned about being in the Big Ten, et cetera, et cetera. it never seemed to me that Nebraska was humbled by the last, how the last four years went. And if you have not like, we can make fun of Iowa all day long. Um, It's kind of humble to punt all the time and just be like, well, we'll put our defense out there. It's our best foot forward. Anyway. Uh, We're not, we're going to get blown up for it on Twitter, but we don't care about that because we're trying to win a football game. Uh, there always just seemed to be such confidence in their ability to move the ball, their ability to mount another drive. I mean, it's, it's the onside kick again from Northwestern. Not that we need to pull that back up, but it's just like, you don't need to like, if you feel like you got the better team at that point, kick it deep and play defense. Um, So there was, there was that piece of it. And then, you know, I was, when Trev Albert spoke last Sunday, talking about being process oriented, that's long been, something i have kind of identified as ink is an issue with nebraska and i think that folds into game management too you got to do this stuff for the sake of being good at it um and if you don't have that approach then you're out there you're just playing the games and it's tough to win consistently that way
0: Brendan Vogel is with us here a Saturday pre-game edition of Hail Varsity Radio. And guys, for what it's worth, I, I made us a little impromptu sideline card uh, that we can use. <laughs>
3: That's good. If you're not seeing it on uh, if you're not, if you're on the it, radio it says, listening, this, shut up video. <laughs> go to the bar that, go away. <laughs> it's a card that literally says me next. There you go. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That would be Elijah. there, so, we, there we go. So uh, Brandon, <laughs> I feel
2: like the defense is gonna sniff that one out a lot.
0: <laughs> Here's the thing: is you gotta occasionally hit him with the uh, the the fake call on the me next, so then everyone's gonna think, oh, it's Elijah next. But then I I shoot a text message off screen to Mark and say, no, you go here. And that's what keeps the defense guessing. But speaking of that, Brandon, keeping the defense guessing—that's where I want to go next. Do you think that's gonna be part of the game plan? Uh, for Nebraska, but not for the offense, for, for the defense. The other way around. It's what I brought up back in our first segment that, that that's what uh, Kent State had a lot of success with with their defense against Ohio State, and that was uh, really keeping the, uh, the Sooners offense guessing in terms of what, what they were going to be uh, doing defensively, blitzing. They're playing some weird 3 3 stack looks. The, Oklahoma just had a hard time adjusting. Once they got some halftime adjustments, they had a lot more success offensively. But do you think that's going to be part of the defensive game plan today for the Huskers? keeping that Sooners' offense guessing and, uh, and and making them adjust to you, maybe showing some things you haven't shown on film so far this season?
2: I think it could be. I think you've got a better chance of that happening with, you know, an interim coach in place. Uh, it sounds like, you know, even beyond kind of the schedule changes and things like that, there have been additional changes. Beyond that, this past week, what you'd expect with a new person who wants to do things their own way. It's been a little bit strange through the first three games that Nebraska really hasn't dialed a ton of that stuff up. They've been pretty, you know, base for the most part against a team like Georgia Southern, which was getting the ball out so quick. It probably didn't help you that much to, to really try and apply a ton of pressure. But I think particularly early in this one, I do think you could see some of that. It's, you know, it's kind of the new lease on the 2022 season thing. And I think this touches almost every part of the game. It's like, why not? Um, The thing that everybody set out to avoid having happen this season just happened. So now it's it's go out there and let's let's start from scratch again, which, you know, Mickey Joseph effectively said this week.
1: Brennan Vogel is with us. It's Hale Varsity Weekend Edition. We're here at the bar 16th in P. Getting you rolling uh, ahead of Nebraska, Oklahoma. And Vogues, to, to switch up from kind of the, the week that's been, uh, let's go to what has been with Nebraska, Oklahoma. And if you were to give me a word about these two, what what comes to mind for you? With Nebraska, Oklahoma, I'm going to get your take on Mickey. I'm going to get your keys to success, all that goodness that you have. But knowing football and loving football like you do, uh, I'm anxious to to dive there because this is a big part of it for so many—the nostalgia aspect.
2: Yeah, if I had to describe it, and you know, talking about the history of Nebraska and Oklahoma. I would, I would use the word singular um, because it, it has always stood out in the kind of rival, rivalry lore of college football as being one that was primarily based on stakes. Um, the stakes between Nebraska and Oklahoma for decades and decades and decades were as big as you could get. Um, and you can look at that, and most rivalries are not based on that. Oklahoma-Texas is based on something different. West Virginia-Pitts is based on something different. I mean, a lot of the times it's proximity. Um, and it's not that Lincoln and Norman are that far apart, at least in a Midwest context, but it was never about that. You know, Nebraska fans spent most of the year, probably not encountering a ton of OU fans and vice versa. But every year when those teams got together in November, the big eight, uh, it, it meant a ton. So that'll always be kind of what I think of with Nebraska, Oklahoma, um, Boy, would it be fun if both programs were ever kind of going at the same time, knowing the only way for them to meet now is on kind of a pretty big stage. Uh, and maybe that can start today. Oklahoma's been holding up its end of the deal, as we as we know.
3: Brandon Vogel is with us on, on Hill Varsity Radio. We're going to skip back to Scott. We're going to hop around. We're going to do Oklahoma. We're Why gonna not? We're going to
1: play some option Scott. football.
3: We're going to do... Yeah, exactly. We're going to do the Scott Frost era. We're going to go all over the place. Um, Remember when he first got hired, Brandon, we talked about this even years ago, about... You know, and and we have talked about this forever, about identity, right? And the thing that struck me about Frost, and I know we had discussions about this, is... He he was essentially saying, yeah, yeah, our identity is going to be... We're going to be really big and also really, really fast. And it's like... Okay, like pretty much Alabama is the only one that can really <laughs> pull that off, right? Everybody else kind of has to choose one or the other, right? Like, you know, being both means being an NFL team or being Alabama. you got, you got to lean one way or the other. Do you, first of all, do you, do you agree with that? Do you think that was also part of the problem is that Frost did not fully commit to maybe being the burly, huge, strong team? or fully commit to being the super lightning fast team. He tried to do both and you kind of can't.
2: Yeah. I, I, I think that's, there's, there's something real there. It's really hard to do both. Like maybe Georgia has joined, joined the Alabama yep. level at this point. I mean, those two teams, And but you look at it and even like in Ohio state, um, which we see, you know, every year and a program we know pretty well in the big 10, uh, they don't look like Alabama, Georgia. Um, so I, I would agree. It's really hard to do both. I think looking at Nebraska, where it traditionally falls in recruiting, et cetera, it's not that if you went all in on speed and that was going to be your identity, like maybe you could be the Big Ten curveball and, and try and do it that way. But I think you're so much more set up to go with the the big approach. Um and you just look at the teams, not even just in the Big Ten, but around Nebraska right now, K State, what Iowa State's done, how they do it, and there's kind of a clear brand of football there that I think you can say, Okay, this probably works if you're in a place like Lincoln, Nebraska.
0: Brandon Vogel with us here on a Saturday morning edition, Hail Varsity Radio, and Schmidt has made a wardrobe change a wardrobe change, excuse me. What what are we Beat
1: Oklahoma the hat. Where'd you get that, Shmi? Tell, tell us the story. A listener came by, Andy handed it off and says, You need some red on today. And for years, and I love the pictures, right? Back to the nostalgia. Uh, for big games, Switzer would have a hat on that would say, Beat OU. Or she would say, Beat Texas or "Beat Beat Nebraska. His final game against Nebraska in '88. Uh, seven to three, Monsoon down in Norman. It turned out to be Barry's final game uh, against Nebraska, and then he wrapped up uh, against Clemson in the Citrus Bowl. But he had—he I mean, was smoking heaters in a rainstorm on the sideline uh, in a tight, tight ball game. Uh, Nebraska busted Charles Thompson's leg and, and held on. And Nebraska never really won in Norman, right? They just—it was a couple, three times in the Osborne, Osborne era, but. This is a flip back to that, and it's beat beat Oklahoma, right? Beat OU. So uh, yeah, I was directed by a loyal listener to put some red on for for Nebraska, Oklahoma. But I love the all those old hats uh, that, that say you know beat Texas or the. The, the hat that Switzer still has, it says beat Nebraska. I don't think he's wearing it today, but, yeah, so I, I will wear this for this segment before we get the Charles well, Thompson and, and, later. And Shmitty, real fast, do want to get your take. College football hasn't been the same ever since they banned coaches from ripping heaters on the sideline, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it was, it was dicey. Uh, I mean, think about the AstroTurf back then, Vogues and Cranach. I mean... Uh, someone spills a flask, and there you go. I mean, it could be, could, <laughs> could be all over. could be all over. But your, 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 play car, your play card said you next, Elijah, so without further ado. But, yeah, I'm, I'm renting. I'm borrowing this hat right now.
0: Yeah, and, and Brent, I just want to get to, to what is on the line in this game here today for Nebraska. I mean, it, it felt seven days ago after the loss to Georgia Southern, like this game was just going to be chalked up as a loss and Husker Nation really wasn't going to care because you you saw the writing on the wall for Frost. But now that that change has been made, I mean, what's a win today for Husker fans in a big game against Oklahoma, an Oklahoma team that really hasn't faced much adversity all season long?
1: Yeah,
2: um, I mean, that, that Kent State game was a little uncomfortable in the first half, but OU took charge of it over kind of the next, its next like five or six drives, I think. Um, you know, I think simply, and I know like we don't want to talk about moral victories, et cetera, et cetera, but I think simply just playing well. This Oklahoma team, you know, I, I said earlier, I don't know if I, I don't feel like I have a great grasp on them but it's probably the second best team left on nebraska's schedule after michigan so can you go out you know you're at home uh you've got all the circumstances of whatever this week was internally uh can you just go out and play well because if you can go out and play well And even if, you know, you don't come out on top necessarily, go into a bye week with knowing you'll have a little bit more time to get settled with the new things, the new elements of this. And then you've got eight games left to go out and kind of try and make a move. I mean, it's going to be tough, tough sledding if you're one and three going into those last eight games. But it's not undoable, I think, for Nebraska to – to have some positive momentum by the time we get to the end of November.
1: Brandon Vogels with us on Hale Varsity. Vogels, some thoughts here. It sounds like Vogelec is going to give it a go. It sounds like Henrich is going to give it a go. The line just jumped up about a half point to 11. Uh, I think uh, Teddy is (laughs) very questionable, not just for today but maybe for the rest of the season don't know if that's a Kevin Williams call at left tackle, he's who went in towards the end of last year but assess these uh, additions and the big subtraction here for Nebraska here we all loved what we saw from Vokalek against Northwestern. I mean, there's a big-time comfort level. <laughs> Got to go to your tight end, right? Third and eight, find the tight end. Uh, you know, up the seam, find the tight end. It's it's a major weapon, and it's a huge weapon in this Whipple offense with other guys spreading the field about. But um, w- what's an expectation for you for Vokalek and even Henrich today uh, if they do come back? I mean, they're, they're not going to – if they can't be effective, they're not going to be on the field long. Yeah,
2: I, I think of those, you know, having Vokalek back and having him back somewhere close to what we saw against Northwestern is a pretty big deal. Um, you've got, you start to look at it, I think, uh, well, Trey Palmer Trey Palmer has played well. I've been really impressed with Marcus Washington. Um, and yeah, add tonight to that mix. Garcia Castaneda showed against Northwestern. He can hurt you. You've got a pretty good complement of pass catchers all of a sudden, and for Nebraska, you know, with that defense, with what we've seen so far, five hundred plus yards or, or six hundred plus yards, um, you know, it, both of these teams can go really fast. Oklahoma runs a play about every twenty-one seconds. I think they're in the top fifteen nationally. Nebraska's at like twentieth at like twenty-two seconds. Can Nebraska go slow? And and that's something that UTEP and can State were able to do um, a little bit was just go on some long drives. Can Nebraska do that? Because we've seen them be pretty explosive. So I think Vokalek only ups the potential of that for a little bit henrich did not have a good outing uh against northwestern and i think he's too good of a player for that to kind of remain the case so if he's back and able to go just the experience level he brings i mean ernest hausman's going to be a a really good player he's still a young player um, and henrich at least allows you to address that to a degree
0: Brandon Vogel with us here on a Saturday morning edition of Hale Varsity Radio. And Brandon, I want to get your take on a Vegas prop relating to that Husker offense. The line today is set at 139 and a half rushing yards for Nebraska in a game that could be towards the end about keeping Oklahoma's offense off the field. How does 139 rushing yards strike you? Is that too high, too low? What what do you think the Husker rushing attack looks like
5: today?
2: Um, I would probably take... The under on that, though, I would say, if Nebraska is going to have a shot to win this game in the fourth quarter, or even win it, it's probably going to have to be over. So, if you feel like the Huskers can win this outright, uh, maybe there's your parlay. You take take Nebraska on the money line plus the over on that, and uh, you'll get some pretty good odds. Um, but I, I would trend towards under. I just, you know, Oklahoma has has a pretty solid defensive line they're a team that's in has been imposing backfields quite a bit uh through the first two games solid linebacker core i just i, I have too much respect i think for Avenable's venable's defense to immediately take the over but anthony grant has looked pretty special through through two games and or through three, three games and spelling him with aj allen has been pretty productive too so it's a it's a it's a solid number, which is those guys in Vegas uh, tend to do pretty often.
3: Yep, and just just so folks know, uh, so far this year, Oklahoma against again not great opponents necessarily, but they're giving up an average of ninety six yards per game, average of two point three per carry. So hmm. there you go. Wait a way to
1: douse that. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, you
3: know, they're, they're playing UTEP. I don't think UTEP's got Anthony Grant. No. Yeah. Fact, o- I know uh, what what I weird know a coincidence don't. that would be, though. Yeah, it really <laughs> would be. Yeah, also illegal. Hey, uh, <laughs> real quick, Brandon, too. Um, the the percentage chance you gave Mickey Joseph to become the next head coach before his press conference the percentage chance you give him after the press conference is it the same or did it change
2: now it's the same um i think today today would probably had much more potential to to boost that a couple of percentage points uh than than press conference would uh you know i thought he did a good job i thought his passion came through and if Nebraska is going to go somewhere for the remainder of 20, this 2022 season, it's going to be Mickey's passion that probably carries them through. And I think that's something that players immediately saw. This isn't, you know, he became the interim. It was when he showed up last winter. Um, and it's why guys have connected with him, and that's pretty valuable.
1: Vogues, have you put much stock into any of the names out there? Have you moved that direction because there's been the discussion point all week and it's probably been frayed a bit because now it, it is game day but just overall we haven't talked to you since since Thursday you know, you, you have Urban in town you, you have the the yay or the nay on, on the the Urban crowd and of course I, I don't think that's a direction Trev would go because of, well Trev's the boss and Urban really kind of likes being the boss that, that dynamic, but some of the other names out there, Matt Campbell probably won't take any phone calls or entertain anything till the season's done. Kleiman's not a public persona guy. You need to be a little bit more outgoing, or theoretically anyway. Uh, shaking hands, kissing babies, the, the PR side of that. And he's just, he's awesome, but he's just kind of a football coach. There's Leopold. Have you uh, played the what if game? Uh, what if, okay. Mickey's best suited for associate head coach, ace recruiter, position coach. And Nebraska goes a different direction with uh, that national search.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of of impossible not to. And, I mean, (laughs) I like thinking about that for various schools throughout the country anyway. Whether they're, you know, thinking about making a change or not, it's just kind of fun to be like, who would work here? And it's, it's a really tough puzzle to solve. Um, it's why Nebraska is in the spot it is in and why plenty of programs find themselves there. Uh, but, I mean, I don't see the Meyer thing either. Um, it just feels like a bond starter to me. And I think you're going to run into the situation you run in with Matt Campbell with a lot of guys. Like, who, who, who are the coaches out there? taking these calls you know during their bye week whenever that may fall i mean it's just so early for i think nebraska to actually have really any hay on the barn in the barn on this um other than kind of the standard due diligence any ad has to do you know you look at Kleiman, what can he not do at k-state that he can do at nebraska in a tougher conference um so all of the like you know maybe doesn't want the fishbowl stuff aside like k-state looks like it could be really good this year and it's going to be in the big 12 which it can win the big 12 how long before nebraska can win the big 10 i mean just being completely honest leipold's an interesting one when he took that job from buffalo next year i've liked leipold for a long time i actually thought was like well i guess if you know this thing does go nuclear he won't have a very long move to make if nebraska wants to wants to consider him now so um and that's one where you're you know i think you could you do have a, a pretty valuable trump card to play say here's a nebraska job do you want to stay at kansas it's not a given
3: but so it is Mark, you're muted. Might sound ridiculous, but I, I want to give you, uh, I, I just want to see if this is true. I get the sense from Trev that even though Saban and Sweeney are not coming, and we all know that, there's a, zero, there's a 100% chance they are not going to come. I still think he calls them, though. I, I get the sense that he is still just going to be like, well, no, no, best football coach in America is Nick Saban. I'm going to call him up. And I wonder how many ADs actually do that. I, but I, do, you, do you get the yeah. sense from Trev that he actually will though? Yeah,
2: I do. And yeah. even if Nick uh, isn't, isn't interested in the, the Nebraska job, like yeah. talk to him for as long as he will talk to you, go to, go to Tuscaloosa uh, on next week's bye yeah. week and just like, you know, I, I mean, and Trev talked about that. He's like, I'm going to talk to a lot of people. Not all of them are going to be candidates for the job. I'm just going to be trying to gather information. Yeah. Well, uh alabama's record speaks for itself and we saw this you know usc was this way under a new ad who came in didn't fire Hilton right away even though everyone thought it would be his first order of business kind of built up facilities a little bit and when the time came he was willing to make the call to lincoln Briley. and you know nobody nobody thought lincoln Briley was leaving oklahoma except for the ad at usc <laughs> and right. damned if she didn't do it.
1: Yeah. Vogues, uh, do you roll the dice with bothering Sabin during Vanderbilt week next week? Is my question. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he might not take any calls I mean the four of us could sit here and say oh Vanderbilt it's a great week to, to, to try um, but I'm guessing Saban he's, he is where he is because he doesn't treat Vanderbilt any different than uh, than Georgia and I mean this week would have been good too they got Louisiana Monroe which uh, is even Makes Vanderbilt, like, and, and make, makes, makes Vanderbilt look like, makes look like
0: an SEC. Team. If Trebs doing the dollars and cents, there's only
1: eighty five million dollars left on Nick Saban's contract for you to buy. Only, out. only, only eighty five million. <laughs> Vogues, give me a prediction before we say goodbye, bud.
2: Uh, yeah, I think Nebraska will play pretty free and and be in this. It'll be a hopeful Saturday at the end of it, but Oklahoma is a double-digit favorite for a reason, so I'll probably go Sooners 35, Nebraska 28, somewhere in that
1: range. Okay, good enough. Read him, Brandon Vogel, com and Magazine. Subscribe. HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and get Vogues' book with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion, and follow him at Brandon Vogel. Vogues, always appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for the insight and the time this morning. Thanks, guys. All right. I have an apple pie shot in front of me. Ooh, delicious. We are going to do that. Um, And uh, we are here at the bar, 16th and P, pregame, weekend edition, Hale Varsity. Uh, Here at the bar, 16th and P, real red reaction follows from the bar. A quick timeout, Charles Thompson. Our rewind segment coming up. Charles Thompson, Casey's papa, and, of course, uh, the man who gave uh, some Husker fans a nightmare in 87. Uh, We will talk and uh, rerun that uh, Charles Thompson convo from yesterday. Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbel, Chris Schmidt, Hale Varsity. We're here at the bar and presented by Currency.
2: Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR.
3: Early to rise with Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Here's Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach.
1: Back into it a Tail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency as we're on the road at the Single Barrel. Welcome in Sooner Great and Proud Papa Charles Thompson with us. His- Charles, it's good to spend some time with you. Thanks. How's your uh, experience been here back in Lincoln? Big ball game tomorrow.
4: Uh, I got a very big ball game. Listen, I've been here. I came in this week. Certainly been back to the first two games, uh, home games uh, as well here. So I got a chance to take in my first actual game since 1987, earlier this season, but... Been here this week, you know. Had a had a opportunity to do a breakfast. Uh, I think it's a big red, breakfast club uh, mm-hmm. yesterday morning with with uh, my fellow foe and now friend Steve Taylor. <laughs> uh, we both were the speakers there. It's kind of ironic. Thirty five years ago, we were battling, and I'll tell you the unique thing about that is Chris is you know I got a chance. Listen, the game itself for me was one of the most memorable games that I played in my entire uh, career college career, other than winning the NEI NACS Championship, which I later went on to do. That was probably perhaps the biggest game. And it was interesting to visiting and hearing and t- listen to Steve talk about it, the other side of it, and to hear the disappointment and the hurt and how it has affected him as a person, changing He said So I thought it was c- kind of neat, but it's great being back here. Had an opportunity, to, like I said, play some golf with some fellow Nebraskans yesterday and are they're going out and do the same today, but it's been certainly a buildup. You know, it's good, at least for this week and leading up to pregame, Everyone around the country will get a a, a revisit of the great OU Nebraska rivalry, which is something that I grew up on.
1: Charles Thompson's with us, Hail Varsity Radio. It it means so much to so many in both states because it was for the Big Eight. It was for the Orange Bowl. It was for a crack at a national championship, Charles. So I got to ask you about the rubber match. How's that gone? You got Steve... Steve got you, and now you're settling it on the golf course. How did yesterday go?
4: Well, it's two to one, Nebraska. Then, if that be the case, <laughs> Steve certainly got the best of me yesterday. <laughs> uh, certainly, certainly, certainly why, certainly why I'm going back today uh, to try to even the score up. But no, it's just been great fun and playing at the new golf course. And I mean, it's always, always, you know, tough to go to a new golf course. And I'm borrowing some of Steve's clubs. I didn't bring my own clubs, <laughs> so to, yesterday I kind of use it as a let me feel this kind of deal out, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll see what happens. They know Steve's a uh, you know, good player. I had fun with the guys we played with, but more than anything, it, it was just about going out and having fun and relaxing and just, just, just getting ready for what I think will be an exciting Saturday.
1: Charles Thompson, a few minutes with us. Hail Varsity Radio. Charles, I want to go back to 87, and uh, Jamel had won a title. You came in. Talk to me about Coach Switzer, how he motivated but also how he got you ready you're you're a tremendous quarterback you were a sought after quarterback so uh but it, it's one thing to to be able to do it in high school and then now you're thrust forward number 1 versus number 2 game of the century part 2 right how how did you get prepped for that moment
4: chris listen i i was a very confident player uh you know probably overly confident, but that's part of what it takes. Mm-hmm. I, I remember as a true freshman, I walked in there and we were spinning about, and they used to have the, 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 the young guys come in a couple of weeks before the veterans, and then Jamel Holloway comes in, and I'm around the quarterbacks, and after about two weeks of practicing, right next to Jamel Holloway, I walked into Coach Don and my quarterback coach and the OC at the time office, and I said, I think I'm better than Jamel right now. I want a chance to beat him out starting start quarterback. As a true freshman coming out, Remember him telling me, hey, hold, hold your horses. there will be your time. But you got to have a tremendous amount of confidence. Listen, when we went into that week, if you remember, Chris, all year Oklahoma had been rated number one, even preseason. Nebraska number two. My first start happened uh, the week before against Missouri at home, and we were expected to blow them out, and I struggled, and the team struggled, and we barely won 17-14. So the entire country had Nebraska tabbed to win the game, and he even switched us from number one to number two and moved Nebraska to number one. That was a, That was all the motivation I know I needed, our team needed, and Coach Switzer needed to use the fuel that. He told me all week long, people think you're not as good as Steve Taylor. They don't think you can go in there and, and lead this team to victory, show everyone why we, we, we got you out of law in Oklahoma and why you're the talented quarterback that you think you are. Go in there and shock the nation. I'll never forget on Thursday evening. We got done at our practice, and towards the end of practice, Switzer came into the huddle, and he looked right now, and he said right there on that field, Charles Thompson, if you play like you practice all week, you're going to shock the nation on Saturday. And that's really what I was focused on doing. I'd grown up watching this rivalry since the age of six. It it had personal uh, uh, value to me, and it was personal because I knew that everyone around the country uh, was doubting that I, as a 19-year-old kid, a redshirt freshman could lead the Sooners in that awesome environment to victory. So it was certainly a personal uh, a weekend for me in a personal game, and I was just focused on doing what I needed to do to help the team win.
1: Charles Thompson's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Charles, let's talk about Mickey, uh, his opportunity right now, and and how uh, his voice can can help tomorrow. With Nebraska and and spend a second too, if you don't mind, about your relationship because you hosted Mickey, didn't you, on his recruiting trip to Oklahoma?
4: Yeah, I met Mickey back. I don't think it was '88 or '89 when he was coming out, and uh, I will never forget when Coach Don and Switzer brought me in and said, "We're looking at this kid out of Louisiana, and we want to host him in this weekend. Will you help show him around?" And I thought, sure, and I'm you know I'm very confident, and I'm looking and as I'm looking at Mickey's field. I'm becoming overly impressed with him, and I looked at the Coach. I said, "So you guys want to bring this guy in?" Like I was that impressed with his talents and what he was able to do out of Louisiana. Um, and we met then on that visit. And listen, Mickey um, obviously went on to play at Nebraska. Um, he coached uh, uh, in in Oklahoma at Langston University and UCO. So I've, I've had a chance to communicate with him. He was at um, Langston when my oldest son was coming out and, you know, believe it or not, Mickey, you know, my my, my oldest son, Kendall, laughed about it because Mickey almost had him considered in Langston University <laughs> when he had a, about, you know, uh, a, a, a two dozen of, of D1 offers there. Uh, but that's just what Mickey is. He's very personable. He played a big role uh, in, in, you know, Casey being here at Nebraska now. Uh, he's a guy that I really, really trust. I think he's a trustworthy guy. If you look around and people who you ask about, Mickey Joseph, you, they'll tell you, guy is as solid and as as honest as can be. He tells it like it is. He doesn't pull any punches. And I'll tell you this, Chris. I often have thought about this. I know when I look around, I know there will be a lot of people that will say, let's go out to some big name. It's not about big names. It's about, the, it's about being able to recruit the top-level type of talent and why you do that is people have to feel comfortable uh, and believe in the head coach. I, 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 would, I would say Nebraska, don't know how the rest of you year would go, but I would say they would be crazy not to consider Mickey as a potential full-time guy. I, I think very I think, and here's why, mostly, I think he'll be able to go out and recruit the Jimmys and Joes that's needed to win, to execute the X's and O's. I think that that's one thing that I know Mickey's strength is, you look at every individual on the, pretty much on the offensive side of the ball that is sort of attributing uh, to some degree to this current uh, Nebraska squad, they have some sort of connection to Mickey Joseph. And so I think that says a lot about what I think needed, it's needed to be uh, here at this uh, uh, new Nebraska. Uh, everybody wants to see him be successful. you got to have the talent. And so I I, I, think, uh, I think very highly of Mickey Joseph, and I think that he has the ability – like I said, he just—he uh, just a solid guy. And big reason why we're
1: here. Charles Thompson's with us. Charles, let's talk about uh, Casey. And uh, he's not a stranger to play in Oklahoma. Lit him up last year. How much conversation do, do you and your son have, or or do you just kind of let him be game week? I know you'll be rooting for him in the stands tomorrow.
4: Well. I mean, Case and I are constantly talking football all the time. I mean, we we actually had a chance being here in town. I had a chance to watch film uh, with him as well. And, uh, I mean, we're just football junkies. Uh, I know one thing I know about him, he's going to certainly be prepared uh, for the moment. The moment isn't going to be too big for him. He demonstrated that certainly last year, and that atmosphere was certainly wild. Um, But – Listen, I mean, it, it, it comes down to it doesn't matter what all the outside noise is, Chris. It's about getting it done in between the stripes. We can talk about it till we're blue in the face, building it up, leading up to the game. We can write about it and say all we want to say. You can have experts that can predict this or that. At the end of the day, the 11 guys on offense and defense will have the direct impact on how this game will end up on both sides of the ball and on both sidelines. So at the end of the day, it comes down to that. And I think. When you get inside that element, it doesn't matter. Everybody puts their pads on the same way. Anything can happen. And, I, I, and that's what I think Casey is focused on, controlling what he can control and trying to go out there and make every play that he can make to help lead this team to victory.
1: Charles Thompson with us, Sale Varsity Radio. Of course, Nebraska OU revisited tomorrow. Charles, I'll let you get out on this, and it's awesome to spend a few minutes with you. Thanks for your time. How do you think – Mickey and the team has handled the noise this week as, as tomorrow looms?
4: Well, listen, I think one of the, the key things that I think Mickey did, which was very smart, he limited media access to the players. Obviously, there could have been a lot of distraction in terms of, you know, not only the firing, but certainly building up to uh, this game. And I thought it was very smart on his part to say, no, I'm going to be the only one to talk to the media. And I think that's very good. It doesn't, it, it, listen, I know that we all know that Casey would have got a Thousand question in regards mm-hmm. to the Oklahoma OU, the Tech, all that sort yeah. of deal. So I thought it was very smart. I think he's handling it extremely well. Listen, at the end of the day, they just got to go out there, you know, Chris, and just uh, believe in each other. It doesn't matter what everyone in the stands are going to think or say or feel. Just because something doesn't go right, you don't get down. It's one thing that I, I as a as a former player, I really get frustrated uh, with with fans that just. Our fair-weather fans. When the minutes one thing goes wrong, it's complete doom and gloom. And I realize, listen, we all get. It. No one likes losing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Everyone likes winning. We want to be a part of winning programs. Want to be a part of winning everything. But at the end of the day, it's about to support. Uh, listen, these kids are out there doing the very best they can. I think it's key to me that as Nebraska, what I like most about Nebraska that got us here. When I looked last year at a three and eighteen. The last game of the year, I think they were playing Iowa. It's a night game. Casey and I looked at the stands. We saw a packed house, and they were rocking the house and having fun. And that's what it's going to take. Do your part. And part of that as fans is to be as loud as they can be and help cheer this team from an emotional standpoint to victory. And that's all we can ask them to do. And that's what I expect. So tomorrow, instead of being doom and gloom, let's be fired up and excited and try to will this team to do something a lot of people don't think they can do. Beat the Oklahoma Sooners. And for me, Chris, that's even tough to say. But I'll be cheering for the Cornhuskers Hus- Corn at number 11 uh, 100%.
1: Charles Thompson. Charles, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for a few minutes today.
4: All right, thank you, Chris. When you think of Union Omaha, what comes to mind? The high level of play, the
0: inviting atmosphere, the amazing promotions, huh? I spoke to a former player, and when I asked for one thing that made playing for Union Omaha so special, he responded with the people, his teammates, the staff, and the fans. The super passionate, crazy, awesome fans, that is. Why am I bringing this up? Because I want to remind you that the people are just as important to the team as the team is to them. There are plenty of matches down the stretch, and we want to see you in the seats. Get your tickets now. Now, before it's too late.
2: Glad to have you back. Yes, sir. You heard me right. Here are the guys, Schmidt and Crane. Well, Hector, here's the game plan. You're gonna bring us two absolute Martinis.
5: You know how I like them, straight up. And then precisely seven and one half minutes after that, you're gonna bring us two more. And then two more after that, every five minutes until one of
2: us passes the excellent strategy, sir. So,
1: Back with you at Tail Varsity Weekend Edition. We are at the bar pregame weekend road show. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal, the Iron Horse is on site. It is Gary Sharp time as we uh, take you up till about 9.30. So the place to be in Lincoln is at the bar 16th and P. The other half of the city is at big noon kickoff right now. Somewhere, Carson Schmidt is in the mass of red. Uh, probably right behind Urban. Uh, Urban Meyer, Reggie Bush, Matt Leinart. Uh, is it Brady Quinn? I forget. Yes, Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn and then whoever their host is. But what, Do fellas... Do you uh, guys have sound on in, uh, in the Bar the Bar? They open the uh, show by asking the crowd if they want
0: Urban Meyer to be their next head coach. And oh. if Urban got a resounding cheer in a We Want Urban fan. On,
1: wow. And how We see it, uh, and they're going through the Frost era right now. How did Urban react, fellas? He, uh, he said that Nebraska is the greatest fan base
0: he's ever coached against. He was all class. Said uh, there was worry if there was going to be uh, people coming out. Uh, and he said, I, I would have never doubted it with Husker Nation. It's the best fan base ever. And he almost put
1: on a cornhead but he, he, he did not. He, he kept it on the table. <laughs> Good enough. Kranak, do you have any poll? I mean, yeah,
3: of course. What, what, what do we need to get uh, get done here?
1: Well, uh, convince the uh, the anti urban crowd. We've got more and more folks strolling in here to the bar, Sixteenth and P, and uh, we invite you to get a slinky here at the bar before you uh, make your way to Memorial Stadium. Sharpie, this. Uh, yes, it's, it's a drink. Yeah, <laughs> talking about the childhood toy here. Uh, uh, yeah, it's not a. Uh, you may go down the stairs though, as as you uh, <laughs> as you touched touched on earlier. Sharpie, what a difference! Uh, Sunday to Saturday nights. Yeah, I, we were just
5: talking. It, you know, you walk out of the, the stadium on Saturday night, and it feels like a funeral. And Sunday around here was a morgue, guys. It was it was depressing. It, the bomb dropped, and it was not a good feeling. But now this morning, as you get closer to kickoff and you walk towards Memorial Stadium, it feels like a baptism. I mean, that's, that's kind of... It, it, it shows you a couple of things. One, people were ready to move on and move on quickly and what mickey joseph is with his energy and people trust mickey joseph to keep this on the rails where you still have nine games to go and it could easily go off the rails it is i've been around this for a long time and this will be my fourth or fifth coaching search that i've gone through is it's amazing how from one Saturday to another the vibe in this town has completely changed and that doesn't and and there's still Nebraska's got a hell of a challenge today. I mean they, <laughs> there's all of a sudden Mickey Joseph taking over. The defense isn't going to get fixed, but it's it's amazing
3: the power of Big Mick energy. You know, hey Gary You mentioned it, the defense. That's, I guess, the concerning thing is for for all of Mickey Joseph's positive traits and the the, the way he can get folks to rally around him, all of those things are great. But the defense has made so few stops this year against not great competition. Do Do you think schematically, because your partner hinted at it, do you think they changed some things schematically? to maybe stem the tide a little bit, or do you think they stay with the two gaps, stay with the same personnel they've been doing? Uh, they, might, they might tweak the scheme a little bit. Here's another
5: thing, guys. At some point, Nebraska's defense has to do their job. There are guys that are trying to do somebody else's job, and you are having busts. And you know, there's, there's the schematic part of coming from a long way from safeties trying to fill a a, a gap 12 feet or 12 yards off the ball, but there's also the eyes, just, just the like simple fundamentals that I, I think have plagued this defense. No one could have imagined that this defense would be as poor as it has. I mean, Nebraska averages 492 yards a game on offense. They give up 492, game, 492 yards a game on offense. So there's going to be some schematic changes. I don't know if you'll see new faces, so to speak, but I think you'll see them play faster and with more discipline, which if you go back and break down the film from some of those long plays that georgia southern had the other night it was just simply it wasn't necessarily scheme it was simply nebraska wasn't doing their job or they were trying to do somebody else's job and also and i want to say this give credit to georgia southern because they waited for nebraska to get set and then they picked them apart so kudos that's two of the three games where the opposing offensive coordinator has just dialed
3: down nebraska And Georgia Southern is number two in total offense in the country, everybody, which you know is going to. You know, hold serve towards the end of the year. Sure, there it wasn't the just a Saturday.
1: It was. It wasn't just a Saturday night special, is what you're well, trying well, to sell it's, me. It does it's, help their best offenses.
3: Known demand. It, it helps effort. their number there that they,
1: they, they put up 643
3: yards against Cupcake Team. Like that, that always helps. Wow, uh, Georgia Southern is. is one of the best offenses that this country has ever seen. And we all know that. But Gary,
0: I, I want to pose the question to you after that performance we saw from the defense last week, and really just this team as a whole all season. How much can actually be changed in a week. There's a lot of momentum around this, this program. At least from the fan base, thinking that this week can be a little different. How much can actually look different after only one week?
5: Mm-hmm. I don't think much. I think they'll play faster. I think they I think they expect them to tackle better. You know, it's not necessarily like they ramped up tackling this week in practice. But what they did is they played faster, and they had more speed reps that you would get in a game, which I think are going to help some guys. Um, but again, there's also the person part. I mean, who's coming up on the defensive line that's going to help? Who's coming up at safety? Who's coming up at cornerback? There's that the, the uncertain thing is, there's no really anybody that is on the horizon that's coming to bail you out. So what they have, and they basically have 15 to 16 guys on defense that they're going to have to ride with and hope that they come together, and today come together sooner than later, and I'm uh, sorry for the pun, because they're going to face an offense that, with an offensive coordinator that's going to do the same thing that Clay Helton and his staff did last week. They're going to pick out the weaknesses in Nebraska, and they're going to try and exploit them until Nebraska adjusts or Nebraska plays better.
1: Gary Sharp with us here, and we're at the bar. The bar, the bar, 16th and P pregame. Roadshow Weekend Edition, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency, Mark Cranach in the Husker Den, and uh, of course, Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN Studios as we are getting ready for Nebraska-Oklahoma uh, winding down this pregame. Guys, let's talk about what Nebraska does have. There's some familiarity at quarterback. There's uh, history of success at quarterback against Oklahoma, A- and that is one Casey Thompson. What's What's the ask of Casey today and this offense? Because I think we, we're all on that same wavelength if, if Nebraska is to keep it close or pull it off it is going to be uh, a lot like Saturday night. It's going to be a lot of points. Well, Nebraska
5: has to run the football. I think Nebraska has a, had a, has to have a lot of plays today. they got to stay on the field. Uh, they've got to convert third downs, which they've been very good. It's just on the other end of it, they haven't been very good getting off the field on third down. They don't need Casey Thompson to be the best player on the field. What they need Casey Thompson to do today, because I think he's going to be under duress. I mean, this is a physical OU defense. This isn't the Alex Grinch defense, where they just had a bunch of athletes that got after you. This is a defense that's going to beat you up, and that's very uncomforting against that offensive line. So what they need Casey Thompson to do is not to try and do too much. You know, there are times where Casey we've seen through three games, and I'm not I'm not picking apart Casey Thompson because if he's not playing the way he is, I mean, Nebraska might be 0-3. Yeah. So, But what he needs to do today is not hold on to the ball and live for another down, not force things. If it's there, take it. If not, you know what? Live for the next down because against OU, they will make you pay for any mistake. And then also the other thing today with Casey Thompson, if he's going to throw the ball and it's going to be a 50-50 ball Nebraska on both sides of the ball guys they got to win those battles they didn't against Georgia Southern but their wide receivers got to win 50-50 battles today
3: Gary Sharp is with us on Hale Varsity Radio as we get set for Nebraska and Oklahoma big noon kickoff uh, from Fox is down around Memorial Stadium set up they're going to be talking to Brian Bosworth, Eric Crouch all the personalities, all the legends um, are, are in the house for this one of course so continuing on what we got what, what Nebraska needs to look for on offense covered Casey Thompson Anthony Grant and AJ Allen how prominently will they figure into today considering it appears Gary that Scott Frost was the guy who was telling whip hey run the ball <laughs> right? And they, and they were a little more diversified in the run game Do you think with Frost now out of the picture that there is a risk that Nebraska will get too one-handed and be maybe a little too pass-heavy, and that plays right into Oklahoma's strengths, which is getting after the quarterback?
5: You know, that's a fair question, Mark, because Scott's run concepts were really helping this offense, and you saw a little bit more motion, more of a a jet sweep type of look. Um, i think what we don't know and we may not know this until after the game and some people talk is now everybody has a focus on their job people aren't trying to do other people's job or worrying about you're going to put your hand in the cookie jar so they can focus on but mark whipple has to have a really really good day but i will tell you that i wouldn't be surprised guys if mickey joseph has more of a say in the play calling today um, I think that's going to happen. Um, he's going to – this is going to be Mark Whipple. But I think Mickey will will be pretty – has been involved in the offense and the game plan and adjustments. Here's what we're all waiting for, guys, is if Nebraska is able to stay in this game – and, 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 and stretch this game out. What does it look like coming out of the locker room at halftime? OU has shown that, especially last week, they can make adjustments. What does Nebraska in a tight game at halftime, what do they look like with adjustments? That's what I'm curious to see. Along with, guys, what do you think? And this is open for all three of you. Mickey's first big decision, fourth and short, in OU territory, not chip shot field goal, Do you punt or do you go for it? He goes for it.
1: He he absolutely goes for it because he's aggressive. Mickey Joseph is an aggressive coach, and you you live with the consequences, and you live with the second-guessing, but that's part of the pinata fest where, not to go back in time, but you're ticked about, if you're a Nebraska fan, you're ticked about two things. You're ticked about the onside, and you're ticked about punting on fourth and short in a shootout last weekend. Yep. We know Mick's, Mickey's identity. We know his reputation. He's an aggressive recruiter. He's uh, an aggressive position coach. Now he's got to keep that keep that sameness yep. uh, and, and be an aggressive head coach as he wants to, to get that interim tag ripped off. Krannach, I think he goes for it when it comes to the big decision. Well, I, we'll see,
3: right? We have we have nothing to base it off of off of yep. right now. And w- when you are the head coach, those decisions come at you fast, right? And so you better have your philosophy locked in. You better have a good feel for the team locked in because you have forty seconds to make the decision. Less than that, actually, you probably have about fourteen seconds because the team that you know, if you're deciding to punt or kick a field goal or, or whatever, got to get your personnel groupings right. They have to get on the field. You have to snap the ball. Yeah, it's a a really quick thing that you have to do. That's probably one of the reasons why Frost struggled is because he was so in the moment with play after play after play and designing those things that when it came time to make those decisions, it kind of caught him off guard. And it's all of a sudden, hey, Scott, what are we doing? Hey, Scott, what are we doing? Knowing that Mickey is not going to be coordinating anything today Maybe gives him that chance to to kind of take that overall global look. Maybe that makes a difference. Because, guys, again, as we talked about all this, you you just had a coach fired. Nebraska's still just losing by one score every time. Like, it's it's just like, you know, it's not. Nebraska absolutely could have beat Georgia Southern last week if they just kept it on the ground and didn't throw to the goal line with four and a half minutes left. There was nobody stopping Nebraska's ground game last week. Nobody. Right? So maybe a Mickey yep. Joseph says, hey, Whip, we're not throwing. <laughs> we're going to milk this clock and not leave Georgia Southern any time to come back, right? Because they were not stopping anything on the ground. I guess that's your hope overall, is that Mickey Joseph is just kind of keeping a level head and assessing the situation rather than assessing each individual play. Yep.
1: Gary, Elijah, what's your take here, bud?
0: Well, i to get Gary's take on a couple numbers coming out of Vegas here this morning. Uh, we asked Brandon about the rushing yards. Vegas has that uh, set it at 139 and a half for Nebraska today. The passing yards uh, set at 274 and a half, Gary. How did those two numbers strike you as we're about ninety minutes away from kickoff here?
5: Uh, I think Nebraska's got to run the ball more than that. I mean, it, to have success today, they have to be able to run the ball. Look, you know, guys, Nebraska has to stay on the field offensively. They've got to rack up a lot of plays today. They cannot afford to go three and out, and I really feel they can't fall behind 7-0, 14-0. We know that 11-07, that stadium's going to be jacked. That energy can carry guys for a while, but what happens when OU throws a couple of haymakers? How do you react? But I, I, I think, Elijah, Nebraska's got to run for more than that. I mean, it would, it would be quite a feather in the cap if Anthony Grant runs for over 100 yards for the fourth straight game. This is a defense that gives up 305 total in the first two weeks. You can say whatever it is about who they played, but still, they did their job. And they, 23 tackles for losses, then on the other side, they haven't turned the ball wow. over. This is, this is a challenge, but I, I think Nebraska's got to run for, I, I think you've got to get into the 175 range to be
3: cooking with some peanut oil. You know, R- Reggie Grimes II leads in sacks too. He's at four, four and a half or so um, along that defensive line. Gary, what about, what do you make of this week Mickey Joseph saying? And here's a novel concept. If you don't follow the sport of football, this would have surprised you. You've been like, what, you weren't tackling in practice? Now they're tackling in practice. Do, do things like that make a difference? Does that continue throughout the season? Or is that Mickey just trying to send a message in week one of his his uh, interim tenure? So here's what happened, Mark. Frost wanted to tackle in practice. Not
5: everybody was on board to tackling in practice because of where their position groups were. So they didn't go with full speed tackling. Here's Before we get to the tackling part, Nebraska didn't do a lot of full speed where they replicate game speed. So that's why you saw a little indecisiveness in Ireland because they had not gone full speed. They tackled a little bit, but it's not like... We run in 50 plays that have beaten the crap out of each other. They would run 10 to 20 plays over the last two weeks where they are thudding. And they might bring a guy to the ground and the coach might go, nice tackle, get up, let's do it again. Um, But I don't think everybody was on board to go full tackling. And there's a lot of coaches that are very hesitant. I think you can fix tackling without just saying, that's all we're going to do in practice is tackling. What will help Nebraska make adjustments in that level where they are atrocious is playing more practice with tempo and speed and you know we got that little glimpse the other day of uh, practice in which i thought the little things of mickey dappin guys and the energy but you also saw the tempo the tempo which was much faster than i recall over the last couple of weeks so maybe that is a good thing for nebraska moving
4: forward
1: guys we're going to round table it with predictions and finish up here we can't thank our friends here uh south alley greg Uh, Enough for having us at the bar, 16th and P for pregame here for Real Red Reaction, following Nebraska-Oklahoma here at the bar as well. Come get a slinky, cheer your head off if you're a Nebraska fan. The toy? (laughs) The drink. (laughs) (laughs) The, The drink. But final thought here, how do you think Nebraska is from an emotional standpoint going into this? I think the kids have embraced mickey not i mean that's a broad take but i think as a, as a as a team i think they've embraced mickey i think they're ready for a new voice i think they're going to play their ass off for him it just kind of comes down to where you at and and talent is talent right so i think i think nebraska will fight like hell but ultimately too much OU today but it's it's one of those games as a nebraska fan you're going to walk away with and say you know what the boys they played hard, and you can be proud of them. not moral victory guy here, but you're, Nebraska isn't going to win, but they're going to show a step forward that, that may make you feel a little bit better about the rest of the season. Too much OU, they cover, they win 42-28. That's my thoughts. I'll, Great jump, in here. I'll jump in here real quick and just say we have
0: about uh, 90 seconds left here, so I'll make my thoughts short, concise i think the weight's been lifted off this team's shoulders i think they're going to be able to play a little more free we've heard a lot no fear of failure i think now with the head coach gone you can actually live out that mantra no fear of failure i still think the huskers so up
1: short but i think it's a hard fought game all the way to the final whistle you're on mute krainak the realist in me
3: says this one gets away from Nebraska 45 to 24 Oklahoma. You're just stepping up in a whole different classification of talent with the opponent today. But the optimist in me says that Mickey is going to leave no stone unturned and Nebraska is going to throw some serious curveballs in the first half that Oklahoma has trouble dealing with schematically because it's going to be nothing they've seen on film and Nebraska keeps it close. And so the optimist in me would say it is an Oklahoma 31 to 24
5: i think you will see a more disciplined team with accountability but oklahoma is still oklahoma the number six in the country this is a really good football team that's coming in here we don't know a ton about ou but i think they're very very good and they're very well coached and that defense is ferocious I like Oklahoma 35-21, to 21, but I think you will see a Nebraska football team play different with discipline, with energy, and for God's sake on defense, do not celebrate every single play, please. <laughs>
1: That's all I'm asking. No uh, Tomanaga tribute is what you're telling me. <laughs> That is the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp, Mark Kranach, Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt. We thank you for tuning in. Check the podcast out, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play for Hale Varsity Radio. Of course, on YouTube as well under Hale Varsity. We'll be at the stadium and then back live post-game with Real Red Reaction from the bar. Come see us here at 16th and P. Take care. Enjoy Nebraska, Oklahoma. Have a great football Saturday with Hale Varsity.
0: A Huda Media Production.